For the beautiful spread here tonight, Baruch Hashem, Steve, who are our, our sponsors for this evening. Uh, Yehuda Bookalter, for sponsoring commemoration of the Yeshua of his father, Abba Shalom, had on Chris Anach 85 years ago. 
and also to Elliot Pepper for sponsoring the honor of his father who is visiting here this evening. Oh. Raise your hand, Mr. Pepper. Mr. Pepper. Raise your hand. Shmuel dedicated the shear in your Shmuel dedicated the shear in your honor. Oh. Shmuel dedica- dedicated the shear in your honor. Oh, that's it. All right, Chavra, let's uh, let's begin. So first of all, I wanna I wanna begin just by uh, just uh, apologizing for the uh, for the time change, but uh, appreciating everyone for. Uh, for accommodating it, hopefully, Mirat Hashem next week we'll be back to uh, to a regular schedule. So we have a little bit of a, a shorter shear tonight, but I didn't want a week to go by without us learning the Torah of the Piyazhat. So we're picking up Mirat Hashem on page fifty six, nearing nearing the end, page fifty six. So remember again in this section, so the the Piyazhat is really outlining the, the mechanics. How does the Chabura work? How does the Chabura work? So remember again. Our whole goal of learning the Sefer is Emir Hashem to become a Chabura, the name Machshavatova. And now, again, in this last part of the Sefer, the Piyajasna is saying, after you've learned all of the material, right? So we know now kind of like what our avod is, what we have to do. Now, he's actually focusing on the specifics of how the Chabura, how the group itself runs and how it's constituted. But of course, what we've, what we've really begun to see is that even in the instructions about how the group is supposed to run, Piyajesa is teaching us incredible and beautiful lessons. So take a look. Page 56, paragraph Gimel. So the Chabura, Chabura, has to gather in a particular place. Has to, has to decide on a place where they're going to meet. Ultimately, and that's where they should continue to meet. So this, what is he trying to impress over here? There's a concept of Makom Kavua, right? What's the whole Chab? Of a makom kavua, so makom kavua set place allows a person to go out and have kavana, because again, I know where I'm going, I know where I'm sitting, I'm oriented. Same thing over here when this chabura when this chabura takes place. The goal is have it in one place, have a makom, because when one is situated in a particular makom, that allows them to better concentrate. Lo pachos migimo pamin b'shavua, the chalamar meshubah. So this is interesting. The chabura should get together no less than three times a week. No less than three times a week. But he says, obviously, if you want to do more than that, that's, that's, even, that's even better. A lot of Dafgat has to have a spread like this, you know, three times a week. But I will say, again, we, we know this just from learning this safer. Uh, we, we know the impact that it's had on our lives just by learning it once a week. Can you imagine, like, if you're doing this more than once a week, just the impact it has on your life in totality? Therefore, the page says, really, at least three times a week. Paragraph Dalit is incredible. He says, Kishis Asfu, Lo Yidabu Devar Betelun. This is very important. When the Chabura gets together, they have to make sure not to, not to battle, not to engage in just like frivolous behavior. You know, sometimes, you know, it's beautiful to get together with a beautiful Chabra. What's the Yitzhara when you get together with a beautiful Chabra? You want to schmooze, you want to talk, you want to this, you want to that. And again, there's a beauty in it because you're building relationships. But the Piyajat says you just have to be careful that when we get together as a Chabura, that ultimately we remain focused on the spiritual task at hand, which is to advance ourselves. And not Chas to just allow it to become just like a social circle. He says, 
Zegimara Zemishnais. Now, this is interesting because here you really begin to see how the Piyajetsna really pulls everything together. So, what he says over here is as follows. He says, when the Chabura gets together, when the Chabura gets together, the idea is everybody starts off by learning their own thing. Right? So the Chabura gets together, this person wants to learn Gemara, this person wants to learn Mishnayis. Everybody can learn their own thing. He says, Avashir Echod, but the Chabura, the group, should learn one thing together. In Pamachas Beshavu, or Yosef Pamim, one time or more than one time, and they should learn whatever the majority of people agree to. And certainly, specifically, with a focus on like Musr and Tashkafa, and certainly to learn this pamphlet, to learn this Sefer. Which gives the Chabur direction. So we'll say, which you begin to see something very interesting. Because I think many of us have like wondered, so you form this Chabura, so what is the Chabura learning? What is the Chabura learning? So of course, answer number one is, a B'nai Machshava Tova Chabura is learning, B'nai Machshava Tova. But as we've seen, you know, we've gone lightning speed through this, right? It's only taken us a year and a half, we're not finished yet. But really, you can actually, if you're doing this three times a week, you could finish this up relatively quickly. So what happens afterwards? So the PhD says, okay, the goal, the goal is for the Chabura to learn together. And the Chabura learning together is really comprised of two parts. One part is everyone learning their own thing, whatever they want to learn. And the other part is some type of joint learning project, some type of joint learning initiative. And I will say, think about this just a moment. What, what is it that's accomplished with this B'nai Machshava Tova Chabura. What is it? So what's accomplished is you're surrounding yourself with growth-oriented people. That's, that's what this is. Surround yourself in a Chabura of B'nai Machshava Tova, a people who want to grow, people who want to transform themselves from servants to sons, like you saw in the beginning of the Sefer. Surround yourself with those kind of people. And so if we're all sitting in a room together, even if we're all learning different things, the fact that I am surrounded by growth-oriented people, by people who want to become the best version of themselves, even if we're learning different things, that has a dramatic impact. Paragraph A. When you're learning, Nebos is incredibly important. In general, it's important. When you're learning something, specifically what he calls me'inyani hadracha. Me'inyani hadracha means those things which kind of help you to lead a meaningful and impactful life. Lo yavru alav ka'al eze sipor hamaisa, rakilam du Don't just gloss over it like you would read over a story, but rather delve into it and try to learn it, try, try to learn it with a greater level of depth. I will say, I'll point something interesting for just a moment. You know, many of us here, we do the daf together every day, and the daf is beautiful, the daf is incredible, the daf is spectacular, the daf, the daf is life itself. What's the danger of the daf? The danger of the daf is it could condition you to learn everything quickly and somewhat superficially, right? At daf, you only we move, we we move, right? There's no falling asleep at the wheel because, right? You spit, right? You sp- what happens? What happens when you wake up? What happens when you wake up? You said ninety-five percent. Yes, it's being there, hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yes, Sammy, what you missed. Yeah, right. no, but I'm saying, you, yes, ninety-five percent is being there. But when you wake up, are you like, where, where, where are we? Like, like what? Like, like l'chaim, l'chaim, right? Right? Like what? Like what happened? Like where, where am I now? So what's interesting is that I noticed, I noticed in myself a little bit that sometimes 
when you're, when you're learning the daf. So kind of what you become accustomed to, what you become accustomed to is like a little bit of that same dynamic of kind of like quick and somewhat like, I don't even want to call it super, superficial, I'll call it panoramic, panoramic view, right? In other words, I'm not getting every single detail, but I'm getting like a couple of major salient points, a piece of halacha, a piece of hashkafa, and like, that's it. So I just want to point out, so that sometimes we could transfer that mindset a little bit into our other forms of learning as well. So the Piyajatna says, it's just important that whatever the Chabura is learning, learn it in depth. Learn it in depth. In other words, take your time to process. Take your time to analyze it. Don't learn it, don't learn it superficially or haphazardly. Don't run through it quickly as one who, who glosses over a story. He goes on, he says, he says, Ach yikaimu heim es divrei adracha, sefer zeh, v'ech yikavu es adavar b'kirba. We'll say, it's actually incredible. When you learn, one of the most important things that a person has to focus on when they learn is how do you take what you learn and internalize it inside of you? We'll say, is that not one of the hardest things, right? We learn incredible concepts all the time. And then what ends up happening, right? It comes in one ear and it goes out the other. Now, now it kind of like jingles around in there, a little bit, right? It stays in there, but like just stuff comes in and stuff goes out and, and it just happens so quick and I want to retain it. I want to hold on to it. So the Piaget says one of the most important things you both say is after a person learns something that they feel is potentially transformative, I then have to try to figure out how do I retain it? How do I keep it? Right? I'm sorry? So first of all, absolutely. Chazara, reviewing things, but even just reviewing things, reviewing things ultimately, again, allows you to retain it. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to implement it in the way that you live. So the question just is, how do I take, well, this is the greatest struggle, right? Each of us, each of us is such a repository of incredible amounts of information. The truth is, my problem in Yiddishkeit, my problem in life, is not that I don't have enough information. I have more than enough information. I don't have an information problem, I have an implementation problem. And that's a very important distinction. And because what ends up happening, I'll say, just think about it for just a second, right? How many times have we come here, Baruch Hashem, and like, Piazetna says something, and like, little like Rebbe, Piazetna, you just changed my life. And then what happens? And then what happens? It's like, oh, there's Kugel, right? There's Kugel, right? right? And, and then like, it's like, and, right? It's your bad, right? And then, no, it's just, it's too major, it's interesting. And like, then maybe even like an hour after the shear, I, I feel great, I feel great, but nothing's really changed in my life. And certainly, again, two days later, I'm often just the same person. But what's the pshat? It's not that I don't, not that I don't care. It's that I absorbed information, but didn't take the time for implementation. And the PhD says, and that's one of the, one of the profound concepts of a chabura, is not just learning. I will say, the truth is today, in today's day and age, you don't need a chabura to learn, right? Think about it just a moment. Everything is available anywhere, right? I don't need a group. I don't need a shear. I don't need a chabura. I don't need anything. You're right. To absorb information, you could do that on your own, right? If you have a device, Barkash, we live in a time and age, you could get anything and everything you want. Information, no problem. A chabur, the power of a chabura, the power in general of surrounding yourself with good people is that they aid you in the implementation. Now, when you surround yourself with good chaverim, you push each other. What are you doing? What are you doing? We learn this idea. How are you implement, implementing it? 
what are you doing in life? What are you doing in life? And suddenly again, there's a chevra that's not simply pushing each other for information or to learn, but it's a chevra that's pushing each other ultimately to act, actualize implementation. It's incredible. He goes on, he says, the az is gala lefnehem in yonim shonim besefer ubechlal komi mechavia sheipa b'mocho eizer rayon tov beinim yipalo b'shashenim seyachad imachaberim bein shehu babei so berachov yomer lefnechavira vachaverim yishmuulos. This is interesting. Another part of the bnei machshavatov chabura is that when one of the members of the chabura has an idea, he should share it. He should share it, share it with everyone, right? So you're, you're, you're learning in the Chabura, and suddenly you have an epiphany, you have this insight, you have this idea, he should share it. Now, I will say, what's interesting is that Piaget then feels compelled to make another statement, which is, so the person who has the idea should share it, and what should everyone else do? Listen, right? So he's got to tell you to listen, because I will say, we, we all know this, a lot of times people are talking, right? And, and I am not, I am not listening. I, I look like I'm listening. I look like I'm attentive, right? But I am, right? Say, I, I, are you like, I, I have, this, I, to whatever degree possible, I try never to have meetings on Zoom because I know what I do when I'm on Zoom meetings. And they're, they're incredibly productive because I clean out my email, I clean out my wife. It's fantastic. It's great. I, I don't know what happened in the meeting, right? But I, but I was very productive. You know, it's interesting. Like, we, we've kind of, like, mastered the art of looking attentive, but not really being attentive. So the Piyajetzna says, the power of this Chabura, the power of this Chabura is that, if one of the members has an idea, share it. And everyone else has to genuinely listen. Has to genuinely listen. He goes on, he says, this is incredible. He says, Ki afil, listen to this. Ki afil, lo yocholios asiri davartovbo. So this is incredible. To Piazza, listen to this phrase. Piazza says, truthfully, probably nine out of ten times, whoever is saying the idea, probably the idea is not worth anything. <laughs> Which, by the way, speaks out to percentages of meaningful things that people say, right? Nine out of ten times, the Piazza says, probably the thought that's going to be shared, probably not worth anything. But you know what's worth it? The tenth time. The tenth time. When someone shares with you that, that nugget, right, that piece of gold, that little piece of wisdom that forever changes the way you think, the way you look at life and the way you look at yourself. So here, here's the issue. You only get to the tenth time if what? If what? If you go through the first nine. It's, so, it's such an incredible, incredible idea. And the truth is, I'll say, it's actually true, by the way, in, in relationships also. I'll say sometimes in relationships, right, it could happen that in a relationship, maybe one spouse likes to talk more than the other one does. It could happen, right? It could happen. I'm not assigning roles. I'm not assigning roles to anyone, but it could happen. It could, yeah, showman, right? It could happen. So what happens? So sometimes, I'll say, sometimes the less talkative spouse makes the mistake of kind of tuning out. You know, with enough, like, head nods, and sure, and okay, and I'm sorry. You know, with enough, if you pepper those responses, right, and you space them out, right, in certain timed intervals, you could pretty much look like the most engaged person ever, ever. Like, I really feel heard. I really feel heard, right? You can even get one of those. I would say the problem with that is, the problem with that is, in every relationship, there's always some deep and profound sentiment that is expressed. 
Now, maybe it's not expressed nine out of ten times. But the problem is, if you're not plugged in for the first nine, you'll miss the tenth. So much of relationships, for both sides, is listening to stuff that doesn't actually matter. It doesn't matter. It's not really consequential. It doesn't matter. As they say, it just doesn't make a difference. But that tenth time, it really does. That tenth time, it really does. But like the Piazzesna says, <coughs> excuse me, if you're not present for the first nine, then you never get to the tenth. Such an incredible yisod in relationships about being plugged in. And he says the same thing with the Chavra. So at the, at the end of the day, one of the Menea Chabura have an idea. Everybody listen up. And you know what's going to happen. Nine times again, people are going to say, that guy, why does he always have to share his great, you know, you know epiphanies, right? Because he's got right? to get to the tenth time. Because right? yeah. we're going to say, everybody, everybody talks, everybody listens, because you get to the tenth time. Because it's gold. It's, I'm just telling you, this is, it's relationship gold. It's relationship gold. You always have to be attentive. Even if nine out of ten times is inconsequential, because the tenth time will make all the difference in the world. Incredible. You can do it. That's <laughs> pretty painful. We'll ta- what we'll if talk it's a offline. great article you're reading on your phone? You know, it's like, oh, that's the worst. That's the, that's worst. the worst. See, you're not even pretending to pay attention. Right. Oh, no, that's terrible. That's terrible. All right, we're not going to get into that. Again, again, I don't want to say different relations have different... No, on a serious note, on a serious note, I'm just telling you, one day you'll thank me for these pearls of wisdom, right? <laughs> that, that, that I delivered to you, that, that you're ingesting between bites of yapchik, right? But, but, but I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, like, one day, one day, I, I promise you, Dr. Kropkin is here. We're waiting for the 10th time. Right? Waiting for the 10th time, I'm sorry. Waiting for the 10th time, okay? I'm just saying, this, 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 this is it, right? This, this, yeah, it is the 10th time, by the way, right? And, and first of all, I'm 10 for 10. I'm 10 for 10. Right? And it's not me, it's the PSS 10 for 10. And anyway, okay, we'll go back to So the Gemara says as follows. The Gemara says, listen to this. He says, he quotes over here, Ki afilu tespamim lo yim amamish bedvarav, yocho lihios bepam asiri dover tovbo. Listen to this. Ukimoshi isi bezara kadosh, lepamim gam bialkuto shalaani yicholim limso margalit. Right? It's actually such a beautiful expression. That sometimes even in the bundle of the poor person, sometimes you could find a jewel. Right? The poor person is picking up all the garbage, all the different stuff. And sometimes in his excuse me, sometimes in his peckle that has all of the garbage, sometimes nestled in there is even a jewel. So, so again, nine out of ten times it's nothing. But the tenth time, the tenth time is the jewel. The tenth time is the gold. The tenth time is makes all the difference. But again, you only get to the tenth if you're willing to go through the first nine. It could be the Piagetsna style is repetitive. It is repetitive. Uh, you find that, choose you find that amongst many of the Hasidic masters like that. I don't. I, I don't know. Like, is it is it Peshita for that? Like the repetitive one, two, three, four, five. It could be. I never thought about that, but maybe. Maybe that's Gufa's style. Possible. We'll say one more paragraph, then we'll, we'll stop. So we'll say this is actually very beautiful. Furthermore, says the Piaget in general. Any good thought that comes about in one's relationship in his Avodas Hashem, from his mind or from his heart, min had shall call nafshahu. Im had shall call tsaaka shall nefilas. Oh, shall call simcha b'sha sha'olihi. 
So we'll say, this is incredible. Any t- anytime, this is very important, because here, the Piyajans just, just got finished saying that whenever a person has a thought to share, you should share it, everyone else should listen, because even if nine out of ten times, it's nothing really consequential, the tenth time will be major. The Piyajans says it's important to understand, stand, though, whenever someone has a thought of spirituality, that comes from a very deep place inside of you. So as Lashon over here is it could be a whisper of your soul or it could be a whisper ultimately again of heartbreak. A whisper from the failures that you've experienced in life. Oh, oh, shall call simcha, sorry. Oh, shall call simcha bishasholi. Avalo yechfitsu hachavir ha-mashim esrayon ha-sem rak lavalo zman kadei loho sifti buram u laharos chachmasam dovar. So I will say, so now, just to tie these two points together. So why is it? And I will say, you know, it, it's different. You see this, by the way, with different kinds of rebellion, right? That there were certain rebellion that were known that if a Talmud said something in Shir that the Rebbe did not like, the Rebbe would hand his head to him on a platter. Right? On a platter. Like, like Rebbe Salavitchik was very exacting. Very exact. When someone said something that didn't make sense, he would tell them. But it didn't make sense. So, you know, in, in, in 2023, everybody would be very offended by that, right? And very taken back. It used to be men were men, right? And people were able to go out and take critique and criticism. No, let's say it's, it's very true. No, if, if we're honest, no one could take critique or criticism today, right? Everybody is very, very fragile. Everybody's very fragile. But Lamaisa, understand that there is, well, what's going on over there on that side of the table? <laughs> I'm just uh, speaking on it. Okay. Resonating with went, <laughs> He's bringing you into this. <laughs> so, so I will say, so I'm just pointing out over here that on one hand, so you see, why, why would Rabbi Soloveitchik be so stark with students when they said something that didn't make sense? Because I will say he was trying to teach discipline of thought that much of life is don't say the first thing that comes to your mind. Think it through, process it, refine it, and then say it. I mentioned this before, Rav Pam. Rav Pam, the Rashiva of Tavadas, said, what's the worst word in the English language? Worst word? He said, whatchamacallit. Whatchamacallit. He says, why? Because if you say whatchamacallit, then what? It means you have not fully thought through what it is that you want to say. And if you don't know exactly what you want to say, how you want to say it, don't talk. Don't talk. Wait. Wait. So, so there were a rebame of yesteryear, you know, again, who, when the students would say something that wasn't correct or didn't make sense, the Rebbe would like, like, literally, like, give it to them. Give it to them. Not to be mean and not to be hurtful, but it was chidoch. Think before you speak. Gibush rayonot, right? Formulate your ideas. Let's make sure that something makes it. So it's interesting here that the Piyajas are saying like the opposite, right? The Piyajas are saying in this Chabura, if someone has a thought, say it. And he prepares us. By the way, chances are, like if you're a betting man, chances are, chance, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. So, so why say it? I will say because the Piyajas says because every spiritual thought has its origins in the soul. Every spiritual thought is some deeper energy from within that is trying to come out. Now, sometimes the thought is only half-baked, right? Sometimes the thought is a bit premature. premature. Sometimes the thought needs to be crafted a little bit differently or a little bit better. But every single spiritual thought that a person has, even if it turns out to be factually incorrect, 
right? Or it can be disproven. Or it wasn't the right formulation. Where did it come from? It came from the Nishan. Both say, now watch this. So the PhD says, both say, what is life all about? We, le- we learn this off. What is life all about? Life is about unlocking your inner spiritual energy. Life is about taking the neshama, which is so often held captive, and setting it free. So how do you do that? So sometimes when a thought, a spiritual thought comes to your mind, you know what you just got to do? What do you have to do? What do you have to do? You got to say it. You got to say You got to say it. But one second, maybe it's correct. Maybe it's, it's, okay. it's okay. Even if it's not correct, it's okay. Why? Because what are you doing? What you're doing is you're connecting with your neshama. And you're untrapping that energy, right? You're unbinding the neshama. Un- unbinding or unbounding? Unbinding. unbinding? Why am I asking you guys? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Israel, okay, Israel. Yeah, I know. Got it, got it. Got it. So unbinding, right? I'm unbinding the neshama. I'm unbinding the neshama. Say for the Piyajans that says, you have a spiritual thought, say it. Say it. Go with it. Experience it because understand what you're doing is you're tapping into that energy that is within. I will say it's such an incredible. And by the way, we're going to stop over here for tonight, and I apologize just because of time. But Lamaisa, but Lamaisa, I will say it's, it's not just true with thoughts, it's true with feelings as well. You know, a lot of times, a lot of times we're not confident, or, or we're not confident is the wrong word, we're not comfortable with allowing ourselves to feel. Right? If we feel like we're going to cry, like, like we stifle it. We, sti- we stifle it. Or, or I feel like I'm going to get very emotional, we stifle it. And I will say, again, understand emotion also stems from the neshama. So the last thing you ever want to do with emotion is stifle it. Now, again, we're talking about a healthy expression of, of, of emotion, right? Yep, yelling at someone or, or being you know, verbally abusive, that, we're, not talk- we're not talking about that. That's unchecked, unhealthy emotion. But like, sometimes we feel real things in life and for whatever the reason, for whatever the reason, we feel the need to like suppress it, right? Suppress or just like kind of like hold it back a, a little bit. And the Piaget says, no, feel it, feel it. Just like when you have the thought, say it. Because that thought comes from your neshama and unlock that power. When you have that feeling of Osai, allow yourself to feel it. Because at the end of the day, those feelings... They come from inside in the show. All right, the boss, we'll stop over here for tonight. Emir Tashem, I would say that we're going to finish the safer next week, but that would be false. So, Emir Tashem, sorry. No, two more weeks. I think two more weeks, Emir Tashem. My goal is before Hanukkah. My goal is before Hanukkah, Emir Tashem. We'll say, Shemendish Kaya. Yeah.